Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. Welcome, thanks for joining us. Before I get started, I want to ask you a little favor. Our listenership here on the podcast is growing and growing, slowly but surely. And what I want to ask is, if you're willing and if you value this content, please go into Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. Preferably a nice one, but truly, you can say whatever you want to say. We value the feedback. It helps us grow in content, and it also helps us grow in listenership. Thank you. So now, this week's Parsha. This week, we're reading from the portion that's called Shmini. Shmini means eighth in Hebrew. And the reason it's called that is that it begins with the words Vayehi Bayom Hashmini, on the eighth day. Over a number of weeks, we've been reading about the construction of and then the inauguration of the Mishkan, the tabernacle or portable sanctuary in the desert. And we read last week that when the thing finally got up and running, when the priests were ordained to begin worship, there was a seven-day ordination period where they were anointed and then kind of sequestered in preparation for their holy duties. So this is what happens on the eighth day. And what we read about here is the initiation of formal worship, that the priests actually begin performing sacrifices. And then that is immediately followed by two very interesting and seemingly unrelated things. One is a death, and the other is rules of what Israelites or Jews are supposed to eat. So let me start with the first one. Right after Aaron, who is the high priest, performs the very first sacrifices in the temple, his sons, Nadav and Avihu, go into the sanctuary and also try to offer a sacrifice. The Torah says that they offered Esh Zarah, strange fire or alien fire before God. And because their fire, their offering was strange or alien, a fire came forth from God, and it consumed them. They died trying to offer a sacrifice. It's an extraordinary, tragic beginning to Jewish formal worship, to the inauguration of this holy space. And because the Torah is so vague about it, because it never really says what they did wrong, only that they offered alien fire, the rabbis have all kinds of theories about what was the crime or the wrongdoing of Nadav and Avihu? So, for example, the rabbis say that maybe they were guilty of egotism, of thinking of themselves or refusing to follow the rules that they had been taught by their father, Aaron. Maybe they were impatient. Maybe they were too casually dressed, not wearing the right priestly clothing. One of the interpreters says that Nadav and Avihu were too pious, that they were trying to show off their piety, and they were punished for that. Or, say some of the commentators, maybe they were drunk. Because the next law given after this whole story is God telling Aaron, the high priest, not to drink wine or intoxicant when entering the tent of meeting. But the Torah doesn't actually say any of that. It simply recounts the story of the tragic death of these two leaders, sons of the high priest, and then it moves on. And what it moves on to is this at the beginning of Leviticus chapter 11. Zotachaya asher tochlu. These are the animals that you may eat. The Torah now spends an entire chapter going through what we call the laws of kashrut, of keeping kosher. 
which animals are and are not kosher. And to give the rules very quickly, a land animal must have a cloven hoof that is a split hoof and chew its cud. So that includes cows, sheep, goats, and other ungulates, but doesn't, of course, include pigs or camels or rabbits or animals like that. A fish must have fins and scales. And as for birds, there's a list of birds given that are not kosher, including eagles, vultures, ravens, owls, ostriches. And that's pretty much the entirety of what the Torah has to say about which animals may and may not be eaten. So what it doesn't say, contrary to popular belief, is anything like pigs are dirty or don't eat bottom feeders. It doesn't say any of that. It simply says fins and scales, chew its cud and cloven hoof, and don't eat these birds. And that's it. No other reason given. So, we have two passages in this parsha that are relatively mysterious, where we don't exactly understand the reasons for what's going on here. And yet, these are important topics. This is about how you worship, and it's about how you eat. So you would think that if these things matter, then the Torah would want to get specific and give us the reasons for why we do these things. But since that's not exactly the case, it leads me to believe that the Torah is not here to teach specifics, or not only here to teach specifics, it's here to teach a mindset. Now, of course, you can learn specifics of how to keep kosher in this passage. Which animals are and are not kosher are laid out right there in chapter 11. But there's more here. There is an underlying value in both sections on paying attention, on being aware, being mindful of how you eat, of how you worship, of how you walk through the world. The Torah wants to encourage us here to be thoughtful about the choices we make in our lives. And we get a hint of that in Nachmanides' commentary. Nachmanides, or the Ramban, is a 13th century Spanish commentator. And when he's trying to explain alien fire, he says this, that they should not have done it in a way that alienated the incense or the fire from any aspect of God. In other words, when Nadav and Avihu were performing this sacrifice, they weren't thinking about God. They weren't thinking about the reasons for it. They were just doing it, he says. They weren't being mindful or aware of the act that they were performing. And that was their mistake. Similarly, the act of eating is also meant to be an act of mindfulness. We're supposed to spend time being aware of what we're eating. And that's true in the traditional sense, perhaps, of whether it had fins and scales. But it's arguably also true in a wider sense. From a Jewish perspective, maybe we're supposed to stop and ask ourselves questions about the food we're eating. What was the treatment of this animal that I'm eating? What's the impact on the environment, on the planet, of the food choices I make? Does eating animals fit with my values? I happen to be a vegetarian. That can be a topic for another day. Either way, the Torah seems to be reminding us that acts like eating, like worship, like relationships and the way we treat other people, these are things that require thoughtfulness. They require us to be mindful of the choices that we are making. That if we're not, then they amount to esh zara, to strange or alien fire, to actions that don't really reflect our values and don't really represent how we'd like to be in the world. So in the end, these two passages are connected because they teach us a little something about ourselves. 
about our own propensity to, let's say, sleepwalk through the world, and about how much better off we are and how much more ourselves we are when we are thoughtful about the choices that we're making. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment, and please pass it on to a friend. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.